0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, April 1st, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. The commercial herring fishery opened again Wednesday, targeting schools identified in Jamestown Bay and the waters around Long Island. On Tuesday, Saners took an estimated 900 tons of herring from Hayward Strait, about nine miles to the northwest. The cumulative total reported so far for the 2021 Sitka Sound sacro-herring fishery is just under 6,000 tons, or about 18 percent of the guideline harvest level of 33,000 tons set by the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. adf and g biologists flying aerial surveys have reported large schools of herring in the upper powder Sitka Sound from Sandy Beach to Starragavin Bay and from Dog Point to Liziansky Point. Biologists have also seen herring schools near Deep Inlet. The Sitka Sound Sacro Herring Fishery opened in late March after a two-year hiatus. Less than half the fleet is fishing this spring, but the sailors who have stuck around have been hauling in catches every day this week. KCAW's Catherine Rose spoke with two commercial fishermen shortly before the fishery opened about the importance of herring to their businesses and lives and has this report.
1: I'm standing on the deck of the fishing vessel Defiant moored in Eliasson Harbor. Captain Justin Peeler is showing me how the rigging works and why exactly they call it purse seining.
2: So on our boom is the power block. It pulls the net in evenly. We try to pull it in evenly and, you know, like I said, shrink that bowl up or shrink that purse up until uh, we're just to the fish and then we bring them on board.
1: Below the rigging is a massive black net that will make up the purse when Peeler and his crew of four haul in a set of herring. Piled high, it's taller than me and as wide as the boat.
2: Well, when it's wet, it's pretty heavy, but I would guess that it weighs uh, a wet, I would say 8,000 pounds or something like that.
1: The Sitkin has been fishing in the Sacro Herring fishery with his family for over two decades, and the Defiant hasn't missed the fishery since it was built 42 years ago. It's one of 20 vessels participating this year and it's an unusual time in its history. The fishery didn't open last year or the year before, largely because fish have been too young and small for their eggs to be marketable abroad. But this year, the state is predicting a record-breaking biomass of fish, which they say should be closer to marketable size. Matt Kinney runs the fishing vessel Hukilao, he says the state's forecast lines up with what he's seeing out on the water. Very large schools of fish, some in deep waters 50 to 60 fathoms below the surface, made visible with sounding and sonar equipment.
3: And we're doing our best as fishermen to document and, and try to show the public what's out there because unlike you know, the other species we fish, if you weren't out there looking at them through electronics, you wouldn't know that they're there.
1: The large anticipated biomass has led state biologists to set a guideline harvest level of over 33,000 tons of herring. Peeler says the fleet likely won't catch that much. He says the GHL isn't the same as a quota, and they don't have the processing capacity to reach that mark.
2: It takes freezers to freeze these things, and there is only a window of um, six to seven days a week, ten days if we're lucky or something like that, that the herring are marketable, that the roe reaches the quality that they are.
1: Peeler says this year, the saners are working together a little more closely. Though state biologists consider the fishery competitive, groups of fishermen are partnering with specific processors to harvest what they need.
2: Is it a co-op in the word that we've used co-op before in this fishery? No. Is, are the fishermen working together to do this as efficiently as possible? Yes. You know, we're not going to see a lot of the YouTube video highlights, (laughs) uh, but uh, we're still out there to try to catch what our companies need.
1: Cooperative or competitive, no herring fishery for two years has been a huge strain on the fleet and Peeler and Kenny's businesses.
2: It's forced me to change my business. It's uh, affected me. You know, sure, I do multiple fisheries in southeast Alaska, but I bought into the Defiant seven years ago. You know, with that comes a big bill. Every fishery counts. I mean, I wouldn't buy this boat just to fish salmon. I wouldn't buy this boat just to fish herring.
3: Permits can be anywhere right now from $190,000 190000 to $250,000 over the past six years. The payments don't go away, you know, so of course we love this fishery and we kind of based a big plan on it that it's gonna be here for a long time.
1: Both Peeler and Kinney participate in other fisheries and those fisheries have helped their businesses weather the off-years for herring. But only with the combination of several fisheries can most fishing businesses sustain themselves long-term. State management of the herring fishery has been the subject of ongoing litigation in the courts for over two years now, with the Sitka tribe of Alaska arguing that subsistence harvests of herring roe are not being properly addressed. Both Kenny and Peeler say they want the stocks to survive and subsistence harvesters to meet their needs. But they also want the fishery to continue. Peeler says the permits and equipment are meant to be lasting, not temporary.
2: Matt's a little younger than me and, and we have you know, 20, 30 more years of this ahead of us. And our boats, our gear, our permits, and all that stuff is, is made to go on. It's not made to just be here for once or twice and, and, uh, and talk about our big catch. We want these biomasses of herring or salmon or blackout or whatever we're fishing to keep going.
1: Kenny says that's one of the biggest misconceptions about saners, that they're not concerned about the longevity of the herring. He says that they do care. They just trust that the state is regulating the fishery responsibly.
3: People just feel like we have one thing on the brain, and that's harvesting, harvesting, harvesting. And that's just not the case. You know, we're, we're harvesting what we think the stock can handle. And all that is set by Alaska Department of Fish and Game. And it feels like people are undermining science, which is truly the last thing that we have.
1: And biology will determine when the herring fishery ends as well. Regardless of how much of this year's guideline harvest level of 33,000 tons is landed over the next few days, once the herring begin to spawn along the coastline of Sitka Sound, it's game over, even for this year's small but determined herring seine fleet. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose.
0: That story was part of a series of stories sharing different perspectives on the commercial herring fishery. You can find previous coverage on our website at kcaw.org and look forward to continuing coverage in the coming weeks. Sitka Senator Burt Stedman is determined not to spend down Alaska's permanent fund to balance the state's budget, even if it means residents won't be seeing a $3,000 dividend this fall. Stedman delivered a legislative update to the Sitka Chamber of Commerce on Wednesday and outlined some of the challenges as legislators balance the realities of a dwindling state savings account against the temporary influx of over $1 billion in federal relief money. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
4: Stedman is a Republican and a conservative, and he has watched in dismay as state government, largely controlled by his party, has failed to address Alaska's systemic financial problems. Apologies for the poor quality of the Zoom audio.
3: As we all understand, we've been running at deficit spending for quite some time. and We've spent down our savings accounts uh, precipitously um, well over 10000000000 billion. We've got about a billion left in our main savings account.
4: That savings account is the constitutional budget reserve or the CBR. Stedman co-chairs the Senate Finance Committee and oversees the state operations budget. Last December, Governor Mike Dunleavy, also a Republican, unveiled a budget proposal for the state that would draw the usual 5% from the permanent fund to pay the state's bills plus another 3 billion to pay out his promised $3,000 dividend. The only problem The governor's not in charge of the budget, legislators like Stedman are. Or, in Stedman's words, he proposes and we dispose. Stedman says a $3,000 dividend is extremely unlikely because it would put Alaska on a slippery slope towards spending the permanent fund itself.
3: We would have a substantial budget deficit and we'd be eroding the permanent fund. And some of us are very concerned that if we erode the permanent fund, our earnings reserve portion, that suspendable portion of the, of the permanent fund, uh, we have nowhere
0: else to go.
4: Stedman says that although there's been discussion about tax structure this session, both oil taxes and sales taxes, nothing is likely to move through the legislature this year. Like legislative bodies everywhere in the country, Stedman says he and his colleagues are focused on the influx of cash from the American Rescue Plan, the $1.9 trillion relief bill, which President Biden signed into law earlier in March. That amounts to over $1 billion for Alaska, including $359 million for the state's schools. Stedman says there's some flexibility in appropriating this money, and it's occupying a lot of the legislature's attention.
3: We're looking at breaking it up over two or three years, so we... Um,
4: Unlike earlier relief bills, the American Rescue Plan has a longer horizon, with a spending deadline at the end of 2024. Where that money will land has yet to be determined. Stedman thinks there will be some for the Alaska Marine Highway, and that there might be a way to fold relief funding into Search's new hospital project in Sitka, which could require substantial infrastructure upgrades to accomplish. And he also wants to look at expanding classrooms at Mount Etchcombe High School, replacing the World War II vintage dorms, and funding an endowment for the school. Stedman sees these projects as a way to balance the expensive roads and bridges that are needed in other regions of the state. But some other things were going to be a tougher sell, namely relief for the visitor industry. Southeast and the Denali Borough are the two hardest-hit areas by the two-year hiatus in cruising, Stedman didn't go out of his way to raise hopes for relief here, but he would try. Now, that's part of the solution, he said, to get your colleagues to recognize you've got an impact. It's another challenge to get them to support cutting funds loose to the impacted areas. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: You can find a link to Senator Burt Stedman's entire legislative report to the Sitka Chamber of Commerce on our website, kcaw.org. I'm Aaron Fulton, and this has been Raven News.